A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. Welcome, everyone. This is the Small Machine Talks uh, poetry podcast. I am here with Amanda Earl, and, and you I are A.M. Kozak. <laughs> and we have a special episode today, uh, our first post 2018 blackout episode. Um, was it a blackout, technically? I guess so, eh? I don't know the technical names for all the different forms of, uh, like, there's blackouts and brownouts, and but I think oh, brownouts are right. smaller, so I think people were just calling it an outage. Outage. The Great Ottawa Outage of 2018. Tornado followed yeah, by Yeah, we, uh, we had to postpone our recording because of the power losses, and I spent uh, a Saturday afternoon in a, in a bar stealing electricity and getting day drunk and then when i woke up the power was back on after i had a nap so seems good charles and i were celebrating our anniversary and so we just we just left our apartment because we couldn't the, we couldn't even use the water so we went and we we had a luxurious sort of t- uh, 24 hours in in a hotel so we, we really didn't have any complaints it sounds like we both had decent days yeah we're uh, lucky i mean they're people together. that's true we are lucky there are people who really i know i like i feel bad for the people in dunrobin who lost oh, yeah. there was a place called um a cafe called the heart and soul yeah and so I, I i couldn't help myself I was like they, they they've lost the heart and soul of dunrobin right. i mean i know it's terrible but it just seemed like it was like wow uh, anyway so and there are other places too that lost like businesses lost a lot of money because they had to throw mm-hmm. out food and stuff but but uh, we, on the other hand, have a, have a, we're not, we didn't have to get rid of any books. So that yeah. was good. There was no flooding or no, anything like that. It's only a minor inconvenience for, for yeah. myself. So. And we have a special episode today because this is the first time that we're just talking about recent reads, I believe. That's it. And we each have many books. I, I started reading one and I ended up getting in myself into a theme unintentionally of reading uh, books that were... That I was kind of, I don't know if afraid is the right word, but uh, that were intimidating to me. Right. That I thought was some difficulty. Um, so I ended up reading five either books or chapbooks that, you know, have something that I thought might be difficult to encounter. Oh. And But the, the thing is, like, it's a little more work to get into those books, but it's also more reward, tends to be more rewarding in the end because it's... I don't know, like you're doing more like problem solving type of work with your brain. And it's like you're you're you have more of a sense of understanding maybe when you when you when you finish. Or like I don't read like that. So I don't, don't I don't read you for don't analyze. I, I, not in that way. I, I let things resonate and I just I just enjoy and I don't I don't really find um, the only the only reason that I have trouble getting into a book is if it's boring. Right. If it's boring, then I can't get through it. Like, but otherwise, like if it's doing something playful, or I don't, I don't try to figure out what it's doing. I just, I just, I just. It's like immersing, immersing yourself in another language. You know, I right. just, I just let it. Some people have to like know every word as they go along, and other people, like with me, I just sort of let everything flow, and I get out of it what I get out of it, and I don't, I don't try to figure out. Like I don't say, oh. I wonder why they're doing this or that. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm interested from the point of view of the technique and how it's affected me right. or how it's affected the work. But usually I don't I don't read to problem solve and or I just it's either it's either bored or not bored for me, basically. <laughs> a binary I definitely don't uh, read with the intention to understand. Every, I'm, I, I, for difficult books, I don't understand everything most of the time. But I think it's more yeah. of just encountering things that are are new or just yeah. I'm not used to, and that makes my brain work harder. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I guess maybe problem solving isn't quite the right word, but it's it's like I don't know. It's encountering new stimuli, and then you're you're having to you know there's more going on in your brain, and then it makes it more. Yeah, afterwards you just feel like maybe I do feel more accomplished after. I don't know. Oh, There's something. There's something a little good. different though. <laughs> um, sounds good. So yes. So I have read books. You have read books. I've read. We've read. We've books, read a couple of the same books. books. Yeah, we've got books and chapbooks. And if we have time, we'll talk about online and print mags as well. Oh wow! Look if, at that. If we have time, we'll if see. If we have time, we'll see. Okay. So why don't we start talking about one of the books we have both read? All right. Um, that is. Uh, a friend of the podcast, Claire Duplessis, and her book is Eki. 
Eke, yeah, Eke. I, I'm, I'm not sure she will tell us how to pronounce it, hopefully, right. but Eke, which is a Afrikaans word. Yes, right? and it's published by Palimpsest Press from Windsor, uh, mm -hmm. 2018, and editor is Jim Johnstone. Excellent. Um, any general impressions of the book, Amanda? Well, I loved, I loved everything. I love this book for many reasons, and starting with the cover, uh, which is called Vele Sekub Hekile, and it's by the artist Nandifa Mantobo. It looks like a dress, Mant but with something going on at the yeah. bottom. It's a, it's actually, um, it is a dress. It's it's actually um, cowhide. Uh, she, uh, the artist is known for uh, working with cowhide, so it's cowhide resin polyester mesh with wa wax cord, and there's a horn as well. Out so. the back or something? I guess. I'm not, yeah. No, I mean, like, how were you getting that from? Oh, I, I, I actually, I Googled for this. Okay. I, I was like, I, I mean, how do you know all this about it, this dress? I, I will do that. Well, I was, first of all, I was fascinated by the dress. And also within the book itself, uh, Clara actually mentions uh, cow and she talks about yeah, she women does. in that. She sort of talk, gives that um, comparison to a cow. There was this part I remember that's talking about, mm -hmm. like, words that are related in other languages and how if you kind of trace it along you have some words coming together in English that you wouldn't normally associate with each other like cow and or bovine or something like that in poetry yeah yeah oh, that was interesting sorry go ahead yeah so I I love the sensuality of the work the discussion of the female body yes and the comparison to a cow like for instance domesticated animals most often live in a form an enclosure like a field or a pen I like that kind of also the idea of a pen as a, being a writer and living yeah. by the pen, I thought it was interesting. I like the way the work interrogates language in a playful way with wordplay like cocktail party, cocktail panty. Um, also, the um, the uh, using words from both Afrikaans and English and showing how they differ and how they are the same. Yeah. You can. Did you uh, when you were reading along? Did you when you got to the Afrikaans? Did you go to the back for the glossary or did you just read I through? I waited until the end. Yeah, and yeah. I, and then I read through it. Yeah, um, same I, here. Yeah, the. Sometimes I'm, in, I'm intimidated, again, by words and languages I don't understand. Right. right? Um, but the way she, what she's doing in this with this book a lot of time is it's it's like a theme. Of, it's not just using language. It's no. not just using the other words to use them. There's like a whole theme of linguistics and language and meaning and mm -hmm. identity kind of going on. And it's not just Afrikaans. It's mostly Afrikaans as a second language. There's also, also French. French yeah. and um, maybe was there some Spanish in there too? I don't quite remember. Well, there's the, the art. The art is there for sure. There's some Las Meninas. Right. I think. Yeah. Well, I guess that is Spanish, right? Yeah, um, I think so. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Spanish. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, so... And the way that these words, as I was mentioning with the cow and the poetry, they're interacting in ways with different languages, and it gives a kind of confusion of meaning or an excess of meaning. I got a line here uh, from page 12. Confusing when lake is mere in Afrikaans, but mer is sea in French, but sea is lake in German, and mm -hmm. mere is more, and sea is sight. Isn't that great? Isn't yeah. that fantastic? I love that. So there's so much, there's just so much going on yeah. in, in that. She says, I walk across different languages as if they are flatlands mm. on page 47. So yes. I, I really like that idea. And also, uh, Clara has talked about um, her relationship with Afrikaans previously in our interview and yeah. also, so that's interesting too. It's a language that I think they're trying to um, kind of revitalize. Like she's she's got an article in the, the Puritan's Town Crier and she mentions hip hop artists working in Afrikaans oh, and really? stuff like that so and of course it has a it has um the history of the of 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 the sort of the languages and colonialism and stuff like that also mm -hmm. comes into play so there's a lot going on in this yeah book. and with with identity in particular mm -hmm. there's uh the line my name is embedded in my pronoun on page 32 and mm -hmm. one of the first things I learned is that English rarely uses k except yep. in a ck combination lock and it is the k in my name that saves me yes yeah. I love that too. That was great. Yeah, and, and also like she's got also references to the gaze, like is in the male gaze, and she says the mirror is not a self space a safe space. So there's a lot just like with her chapbook, um her chapbook was called was it Wax Lyrical? Yep. Okay. Oh my god, I'm surprised I remember. But uh it just that, that sort of twenty fifteen Anstruther Press, I believe. Wow, even wow, this so is what, have to fact check that. This is what working on a podcast does for you. You remember <laughs> things like well, I, but um just like that theme of sort of the self appraisal and sort of um self esteem, female body is again in, in this book as well. Mm -hmm. I found the language to be artistic and the poems often have an acrastic sort of because they're commenting on paintings such as Picasso's 
Las Meninas, and they're also self-conscious, referring directly to Trouble's writing the poem or the, port, the poem itself. Um, so yes, I found that interesting as well. Like she talks directly about it's a very what they say meta meta poetic way of talking about. The, oh, you're right. It is Pablo Picasso. I thought it was Velasquez, but I guess well, it's based had, on Velasquez and Picasso's yeah, yeah. version of it. Yeah, oh, she mentions both. I learned. There you go. That's why we're here. <laughs> That's why we're here to learn. Um, there's a couple, and I, I also really liked the talk about the body and like that's mm-hmm. one of the things that in her chapbook that really I thought she did very very well mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's it goes too. in so much detail that it's um, yeah it's very striking um, so a couple of examples here about analysis of the body or, or description of the body apparently exposing the buttocks is more offensive than bare breasts or so I'm told by locals I never thought of myself as breasted till I was told so and since then I felt threatened and apologetic I thought it was really nice. Yeah. There's a whole half page about breasts on page, on, uh, page 43 as well. I'm citing page numbers because that's how I put my notes. There's this is eight kind of long poems in total in this book. And a lot of similar themes, uh, as, as we mentioned already. And in terms of descriptions of art in Las Meninas, um, uh, Las Meninas is a whole lot of little girls. The central girl is a conduit. Natural light falls like a blessing directly on her temples or emanates naturally from her angelic. She does not stand. She hovers. And there's also another another poem where she, she spends a lot of time in a lot of detail dissecting a woman's positioning in an image. Yes. Art. So there's a lot. That's great. Those, That's those great. three kind of themes of language and, yeah. and art mm-hmm. and um, women, the body yeah. and, and identity, they're yeah. all sort of... There's not way you can cut a line between all of them. They're all just like mixing together. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way she has a lot of these long lines, it's almost like an essay in some in some parts of it. And that kind of, I think, lends to these mixing of, of mm-hmm. themes and having everything tied together because it's you have the, the space to sort of flush out the ideas in a, in a full long sentence. Yeah, no, that's 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 beautiful. And of course, the the title of the book, Eke. Did you? Uh, it, it, there's an explanation about. Yes, uh, and would you uh, would you explain that to the re- uh, listeners? So, uh, well, what's said in the glossary in the back is a dialectic, emphatic form of ek, similar similar to French moi je. So it's an emphatic. It's like saying, I think of it as saying me, like you know, like yeah. well, I sort of as if you're about to offer an opinion or something like that. So. Um, but I love actually. I also love the glossary at the back, even even like the way it's um, I, I I like it's 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 quite minimal the glossary. Like it's mm-hmm. not it doesn't go off into mm-hmm. long explanations, but it, it it feels like the poem. It's like a mini poem in the back with the glossary as well. So yeah. I found I really like that. I mean, I have all kinds of pages dog-eared in this book that uh, I, I have almost the entire book dog-eared. <laughs> but uh, like I I. I so I guess I'm always looking for kindred spirits, and when yeah. I read some of these lines, I I um give it yeah give like a couple for, examples of ones you liked yeah um the difference between inundate and undulate is so slim yet I master it mm. it's from page seventy nine and what else here um I envision small talk in cursive beautiful squiggles full circle palm beaches men full frontal with their subtropical strap ons like she's that's page 77 she's so feisty in this yeah. book too like is, like yeah. there's there's such a like it's understated but it's really um i mean a lot of energy yeah it, it's great yeah. well i got a few lines that i wanted to read as well um great. just ones that really stuck out to me um, from page 18, weaning myself from beloved topics is one of my unsuccessful attempts at discarding what I think I write and then writing exactly the same stuff. That's great. Yeah, we can. A lot of us can relate to that too. I, think so, yeah. I have that page dog-eared as well. So just saying. <laughs> and there's also 20, page 22. I have always wanted video art in my home. The work in motion on repeat in a loop. The strange logistics of wish fulfillment, including a television screen, mountings, electric bills, and cords inbuilt or trailing down the walls. Um, yeah, it's like in, it's like installation art. Her her poems as yeah. well. Also, the uh, the artist Nandipa Mantambo also does uh, sculpture and videos as well as painting. So this is a sculpture mm-hmm. she did, I guess. And the last yeah. one I'll, I'll read is: If you manhandle language like other things, it cowers. That's great. That's a nice quote. That's a nice standalone quote too. I think it is. That could you be could, like on the wall somewhere. Yeah, on, on a T-shirt. Yeah, it could be on a T-shirt. We should tell Ian Martin. He, you know, Ian has a yeah, friend of the podcast, story. Ian Martin. He has clothes to wear, which is his uh, his. Uh, t- I guess he makes a clothing uh, design. That would be a good one. We'll take ten uh, percent of the profits for our. Oh, the uh, profits! The idea. There you go. <laughs> 
Anything else you wanted to say about Clara before we move on to one of our many other books to chat about? No, just anything? just that I was really, uh, I thought the book was also beautifully designed as well. I, I liked yeah. the, the quality of the paper and the yellow, uh, the yellow end papers. And uh, of course, the cover was great. So yeah, I love the book. All right, great. I guess we should say too that the cover was actually designed. The book was actually designed, or was it just the cover? Um, book and cover designed by Kate Hargreaves. And oh yeah, she's you would a great like, designer. I thought you would like that mention because I know you're you're a fan. Mm -hmm. I am too. But yeah. so that yeah, that's all I have to say for Eke. Buy right. it. But we'll we'll put up a link so you can find out where you can buy your copy. Yes. And what other books have you read? Amanda? All right. Go next. Thank you very much. Well, the next one I'd like to talk about is Lyric Sexology, Volume One by Trish Sala. It's a it's a it's a voluminous book. It took me about three months to really go through wow. the poems, uh, and so it's Metonymy Press republished it in 2017. It was originally published by Roof Books of NYC in 2014. So that's kind of impressive that it's uh, already being republished. Yeah. Um, it's a dense book with seven chapters, a prelude, and an epilogue. The speaker says early on in Origin in the Place of, Tiresias was my name once upon a time, when there, was, when there as an I with a name. Tiresias is the blind prophet of Greek mythology who was transformed into a woman for seven years, and numerous writers have written of Tiresias. Salah cites Virginia Woolf's Orlando as one of the works she riffs off of in the book, and there are many. Right. These, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish your thought, then I'll jump in. Aside from mythology, Salah also writes about gender variance with, with examples through history, such as Lily Elbe and fictional characters such as Julian Robinson from Gynocracy, a book from the Victorian era. It's funny how someone like Tiresias, who's a very, you know, a famous mythological mm -hmm, figure mm -hmm. for, you know, thousands of years or whatever yeah. it is. I know of him because of uh, The Wasteland. He's mentioned in The Wasteland yes. very briefly, very, yeah. very briefly, right? And... Yeah, it's 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 funny how we learn things and come into contact with with culture, and sometimes it's through poetry, or through television, or whatever. And um, yeah, that was all I really had. No, it's true, and I, <laughs> I always find it interesting. Like my knowledge of mythology, I feel like I I learned it a little bit when I was young, and then I kind of it's just come into my life more through poetry and through yeah. art than anything, and film than anything else. And I always wish I had more of it memorized than I do. I, I had to look the story up again, oh, yeah. and apparently it's not an uh, it's 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 a uh, uh, trans writers often have written about Tiresias, but uh, or Tiresias, but uh, uh, Sala does it in a really fresh way. And so um, this book belongs on my list of revolutionary books and cherished poetry. I am struck by Salah's versatility of style, sense of play, intelligence, and engagement with feminism, gender, and decolonialism. There are these are poems of resistance. There are essay poems and hazals, lush accumulations, spare lines, a variety of language levels, and images that give me poem shiver. My copy of the book is covered in dog ears and stars. I should have a review site called Dog Ears and Stars because I really that's what I that's how I sort of engage with books. You start doing a. Um like a video podcast. Oh my God, I could. could see your, see your dog ears. I finally, I finally figured out how to do the video on Instagram. So I, I actually, I have a recording of myself with Bedhead singing a song. So oh, yeah? something probably to avoid. But I mean, now that I know, it's a scary possibility. <laughs> but I can only make it last for 60 seconds. So that seems... If you put it on a different platform, I'm sure you could do it longer. There you go. All right. So um, what I, one of the things that fascinates me about this book is the way the author talks about identity and attaches it to existence, mm. showing identity as fluid throughout the book. So for instance, from the prelude, I didn't mean to become an I, I didn't mean to be. And then on page 11, Tiresias, impersonated to call her Ed Wood, pulled back hair, brushed good looks. And then um, the idea of an entity, identity in progress, quell your doubts about becoming in your vantage waterways on page 22. She, um, basically, Salah shows identity as uh, both as material and ephemeral, concrete and fluid. I, I wouldn't mind uh, reading a little bit if that's... Yeah, um... and I, I think that what you just said is mm -hmm. a theme in several of the books, at least that I read, and even a bit in Clara's book too, that we just talked about, the identity is both material and fluid. Yeah. How it's, you know, it, it changes in the way we understand with, with the different meanings of words in different languages and how they're all related. But also, I don't know, when you name something, it's also as a way of concretizing as, as well. That's it. And especially here, too, a lot of the interesting um, imagery surrounding identity is basically when the person is... is 
not in their right identity the, the identity that they they don't they right. aren't uh, basically they, they they it's it's like heavy and then it's yeah. when they are in their right identity the one that they 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 feel that they are mm-hmm. then it becomes uh, like wings and uh, yeah. floating well, so well, like, I, I, guess, I thought it was ingenious yeah and i guess if we're feeling it would if we're feeling like we're not fully in our identity whatever that means it's we notice it right so that means we're more likely to write about it whereas everything just feels right to us yeah and it fits we might not be thinking about how our identity just fits with us we're yeah, gonna write a big poem about it right that's right if if you if you comfortable with the with the with uh your your assigned place in society and if you don't then it's a, a different matter right mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. okay so read, read that okay it's... so from chapter four occult sciences on page 89 you were not born here you were not born i began in the swamp i was made of muck i was made to run off to pool sit stale and sty a light hopes to heave in your eye it wants to whirl grist refract and dawn has hope for shards more dreamy scissored and ribboned all in possibilities all began as if possibles but no number is usually put in our home back of the collective skull Easy to tuck in our fleur languages. It might have been scary for some, but we were less than fastened selves, were hollowed, we until the early morning, born morose with steerage, and scoured wholesome wins the trust. It lulled us dulcet pulsons under sorry, pulsions under roots and pipes of the town, and the languish of leaden iron beside the wooden spread as our own was inspiration, our expectation even of better days, born ever mournful weeds. You were a solemn birth, the kind that comes at intercession, the stall, stutter, hut erected between one end and another beginning. We were made at home in a hut of thatched possibles like beech grass, plump with sweet water and razor sharp to keep the mares delicate and aware of where they trud. We were made in blue shadow so our skin might pull the light, swirly into us, chitinous kids, blooming loosely and elastic cellmates with stellar equivalents, and I mean that bit literally star parts stretch from macrophage to deep beyond the prominence. Like she takes us everywhere in that, Mm. and she takes us everywhere, and it's so positive too, right? Like I would think that um, uh, it would just be such an uplifting work to read in a lot of ways for a trans writer. She's also got bits where she mentions Battlestar Galactica, like everything is in that book. Mm. It's a universe. It's really marvelous. So that's... That's uh, that's enough about that book. But I'm going to put up a great link called A Gender Variance Who's Who, which is um, essays on trans, intersex, cis, and other persons and topics from a trans perspective. All human life is here. So I want to, I want to, uh, I'll post that link great. in the show notes. And next on our list of books and things we've read recently, what's, what's you got? What's so you got? I got uh, Jake Burns, The Tie, which is a chapbook from... Rahila's Ghost Press from last 2017, so a little older, and they're based in Vancouver, and Adele Barkley was the editor of this book. Um, it's the one, it's like a long poem, um, and when I first opened it, there's it an epigraph from Lisa Robertson, so I'm like, oh, okay, oh you're well, there, there, you're there. And then the acknowledgments, he he uh, says that, um, or in the notes rather, that the poem as a whole owes a great stylistic debt to Lisa Robertson's Cinema of the Present. Oh, wonderful. Where the epigraph is from. So, so we already know we're going to be fond of well, them. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the, just the stylistic stuff. And there's a lot of things that stylistically I'm saying, yes, this is, I recognize this and I like this. You there's, had us at Lisa Robertson. Yeah. yeah. There is one, um, one thing that, that Jake says that Lisa Robinson doesn't do as much anyway is like he'll have these very obvious sort of jokes at the end uh, of lines, which I don't think is much like not not, not like this like sarcastic jokes either, just like at one of the end of one of his lines, he says, just kidding, for example. And I don't really see that. It's sort more of, of a contemporary sort of a, a 20-something person's yeah. way of sort of from like, um, you know, like you write J slash K for... Yeah, that sort sure. of thing. So there's a yeah, there's a there's an there's a self awareness there. Not saying that she is Lee's Robinson in themselves, but it's a little bit little bit of a different style of technique. Yeah, it's just a different there. style. Yeah, I got I got yeah. Yeah. So um, in in some of the parts of that style is uh, straightforward sentences with very um, sometimes flowery vocabulary, flowery diction. Um, one example on page seventeen is 
you were the honorific of exotic object. Mm. So it's very like, it's just a very short declarative sentence, but like, there's a lot, it's very flowery there. Honorific of exotic. Well, it's yeah. also got a beautiful sound. It does. It yes. really does. Like, it does. I don't, sometimes I have to tell you that I don't pay a lot of attention to meaning as long mm. as the sound really gets me, then I can get meaning from sound. Well, that's exactly yeah. it. I often will start by, like, the, the sound is more immediate to me. It's yeah. more, what, it's what, sort of gets me to pay attention in some ways and then I will be like oh and I'll go back and read it again then I'll think more about it's it. It's the color for me so it it, it it's the to it, it I see the color of it when it the sound Interesting. right. Interesting. There's also um like a juxtaposition of like very sometimes vulgar scenes with like professional or like academic sounding language like for example you made me chew you made me chew on your cock in front of friends and close associates it's like there's <laughs> <laughs> like a little add-on there right that's great yeah, and, it's, and it's and it's funny um there's also uh, a mixture of the big the big the big with a big big uppercase b in the very specific like um uh, where's my example here the whole moon in the o of your mouth so mm. like, yeah it's a very you know the whole moon and then just a little a mouth. It's a sexy image. It is a sexy <laughs> image, yeah. The big and the specific. Um, and there's also play playing with formalities like rhyme. It was a simple yes or no question, and yet there was your consideration hesitation. Uh, page 19. Did I quote that right? That seems like I might have mistyped it. Considerable hesitation. I knew that didn't sound right. Considerable hesitation. That's good. And then in a few times, a few pages, the lines are all centrified instead of left justified. Centrified? Centrified. Is that a word? Uh, it is now. Centrified. Centered. Centered. <laughs> I like centrified. Centrified. <laughs> Centered justified. Uh, and there's also and there's like things like recurring images like blades and, and recurring um, phrases like I love living in hell or the tide. Um, another line I like, I was essentially eating Fruit Loops in my Calvins when the tide surged in my window. Or the tide bending sleep like a blade. And uh, another example of mixing in like verbose things with very um, specific is the praxis of your hand gripping my throat. Uh, this is whole like theory, I guess, yeah. mixed in with like the very direct uh, image. Praxis is one of those words I always have to look up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it means kind of like practice. Okay. Education um, and, prax and, uh, pra and practice kind of mixed together, like enacting a theory. Okay. Um, Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And there's a couple. There's a couple of passages I really, I really like. But there's some bad. There's some um, vulgar language in it. But uh, I know you won't mind if I read that, Amanda. I don't think. If, by now, if any of our readers mind vulgar language, we would have lost you a long time ago. <laughs> so, for those listening at home, warning: there may be vulgar language. Okay. Well, there's like, I, and I noticed it because there's like a, it's like a mirror. They're like ten pages away from each other. These two passages, and they're like, they're also they're mirroring each other too. Hmm. And here we go. And your cock was my Zika virus. Your cock was my chronic Lyme. Your cock was my salinization of the Pacific. Your cock was my 80s Egypti. Your cock was my tertiary fission reaction. Your cock was not my salvation. <laughs> and then uh, the other side of it. Your cunt was no homecoming. Your cunt, not my champagne socialism. Your cunt, not gesturing toward revolutionary praxis. Your cunt, not my white feminism. Your cunt was my anaphylaxis. Oh, a little bit of rhyming there. Anaphylaxis yeah. and praxis. There I you know, go. I know. So... Again, those like very direct repetition of those yeah, words. Yeah. Like, those words obviously jump, jump out at you. And then with these like anaphylaxis and praxis type words too. That's so it's it. just a lot of... A little Latin with the German. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the one way to put it. Um, so yeah, and the, the sound, I, I just... Um, Germanic, sorry. And with the repetition too of the same sort of... Even on the page, there are very similar spots on the page, and the way that it's written is very similar. It's kind of mirroring. It's kind of calling me back. I like all those sort of stylistic moves, yeah, I guess, in, yeah. in poetry. So he, he seems to have a lot of circular imagery in there too. Like I had the Fruit yeah, Loops and the Moon absolutely. and the other thing there. Oh, that's very wow! You could write a little essay on that. There you go. I'm not going to though. Well, <laughs> I may someday. You never know. And it, um, I've seen him perform a couple times, and it's, it's not what I was expecting when I, when I, I guess. Well, when you're performing, you're often more reading in a way or reading things that are going to be more uh, quick to get, I guess, for mm -hmm. the for the audience. And whereas this was more of a pensive. Yeah. Uh, type read. Um, so so good on Jake for having that versatility. 
Well, again, it's something I should probably pick up. Every time I, <laughs> the one, one thing that happens with this podcast is I end up buying even more books and chapbooks mm -hmm. and, and stuff. So it's, it's good for me. All right. So that's all I got to say about that. What about, uh, what do you got next, Amanda? Uh, next, another chapbook. It's called Quell. It's by Sandra Ridley. It just came out with Baseline Press in London. So it's a beautiful, it's a beautifully designed. London, Ontario, we should say. London, specify. Ontario, not London, England. Yes. Uh, none of us. Well, I, I guess Rob McLennan, I know, has uh, books from uh, the UK and stuff like that, but uh, I do not have any. Uh, anyway, um, so the, the book itself is a, a long poem. It's a, a sequence. It's a friend dives into the shallow lake at the speaker of the poem's cottage. Um, the speaker must hold on to the friend in the water while waiting for help. The friend is gravely injured. So it's a quite a serious mm -hmm. poem. Um, it's a long poem about friendship and holding on and near death as a private experience. The bond between the woman who clings to life and the woman keeping her alive. It's uh, urgent. The language reflects the slowed down feeling of a crisis situation. It's layered with fear, melancholy, love, and sorrow. I read the entire sequence aloud to my husband, and we were both moved to tears oh, over wow. it. So we sat right on that couch over there, and there were tears. A quote from the uh, chapbook, there is nothing as sacred as holding a body dying, basically. It's a beautiful... Yeah, it seems yeah. like it might be right. Yeah, and Sandra read from the the read from Quell at Sawdust just uh, recently. So it was, and she it was people were quite moved by the reading, mm -hmm. as was I. And I, I go on at length about this, but um, I I just to say that the design of the book is beautifully rendered by Karen Schindler and the author. There is even a fly leaf with a line from the poem moving across and up the leaf. So the last page there's a line, mm -hmm. blue end papers and a textured soft cover with a gorgeous painting of Undine on the cover. It's careful and thoughtful and matches the tone of the work. The Speaker's Care for the Drowning Friend. And this is the seventh print publication by the author. I've loved every one of her books and chapbooks. So um, I just, um, I, I loved reading this. You can read this more than once for sure and uh, and enjoy it I, I, as I did. It was great. Good. What's, and what what have you next for us? Next I have Delete This by MLA Shirtoff. This is from Hybrid Heaven, which I believe has recently been rebranded to Bad Books from Montreal. And I saw MLA uh, at a reading at Pressed a few months back. I right. think I talked about it here. And this is a case of the performance matching the, oh. the text. And it's one of those one of those books where it's going to be more difficult for me to give like quote examples of what I'm talking about, just because it's there's like typology. Is that the word for it when it's like the type is different? I don't know. the The words Typography? look different on the page. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe typology. I don't know. Typology? It's, Why not? There's something. There's something going on. Um, the back cover actually gives quite a good synopsis, so good on whoever wrote this. Emily Chernov's debut collection, Delete This, is a fun, volatile, and disarming exhibition of satire, internet culture, flarf memes, and dreams. Ooh. The collection balances lighthearted silliness with social criticism, putting emojis in close quarters with academic theory, and giving tweets equal gravity to tones. You'll find bewildered normies, Mark Zuckerberg, super soakers, philosophers driving giant anime robots, and the name Derrida type 70 times. Is it a <laughs> trick? A trap? Is Emily laughing with you or at you? Are you sure? Who knows? Who cares? Delete this. That is fantastic. Sometimes, yeah. uh, sometimes the back of the book blurbs. I mean, there are people that are that are invited to write write little blurbs, but the synopsis is often written by the author. Yeah. And sometimes written by by the someone in, with the publisher. But I can often see you're Guillaume asked. Having written this. Yeah. It, it's quite. I love it. I love that. It was very poetic. The, yeah, it's a great. And it's actually. And I read that. I was like, well, I don't really need to make a synopsis because that's a that's it. it pretty much covers all the points i was going to cover uh so yeah some of the things that jumped up to me out to me were the there's a complete mixture of internet culture in academia and uh, mla is i believe a phd candidate so you know makes a lot of sense um lots of play with double meanings using parenthesis intentional word misspellings puns so there'll be like words that are you know they sound kind of they'll like misspell it in a different way to make it sound kind of different than meaning another word Oh, I must have examples somewhere. Opening of the page. Uh, oh, and it opens with what seems like an, a right-wing online conspiracy. is like <laughs> the opening of the book. Um, I shouldn't see. laugh. <laughs> it is, it, well, it's, 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 it's funny in this context. Right? I guess it's ironic. In it the... is ironic, yes. Uh, so here, I'll, I'll read from that. Uh, Transgender duds are taking your, with like a, instead of one apostrophe, two apostrophes. Like oh, incorrect. yes. Your freedoms. Obama is a, in, in parentheses, homo, and he came back from dead to suck your husband, Dick, Dick is misspelled, and teach your children how to do makeup. 
They're putting chemtrails in the water to make you pray towards, misspelled, Mecca and eat flawful. Your cell phone is being monitored by gangster Popeye. Sheriff, you're a true American. So, Yeah, that's oh. pretty much sums up the times yeah. we're in. It's a lot of poking fun like that yeah. uh, in, in, in ways like that. Um, and the beginning of the first beginning of the first, I don't know. If, the other thing is like I'm not sure what is a a, a separate poem and what is like a continuation because mm -hmm. of just the way the titles are. I think it's the ones that are underlined are all titles, and sometimes there's just like large uh, text. Though like on page 18, there's the absolute lad, which is in like I don't know. I'm gonna say like 26 font, like pretty oh. large font. But I don't think it's a title of a poem. It's just you know there like that. So it's it's sometimes hard to tell what is a poem and what is not a not part of the same poem right but anyways it opens with the story flows like piss the cutie quotes a typo in a passage capturing a singularity renouncing everything it has ever wanted uninstalling all apps and micromanaging tick-headed gaps Farah moaning their mins therein so there's a whole lot of like i don't know word play going on there and, and double meanings going on there I saw that Gary Barwin had written a, a, a rave about how great the book was. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, another interesting thing is there's a loading sign on several pages of the book between the poems. Like uh, uh, the, one yeah. of those symbols you might get if you're like waiting, waiting on, on the, the internet yeah. Yeah, yeah, to load, uh, which I thought was, was, That's was interesting. fun. Um, and there's like a few footnotes, but and you go to the back to see whether, or I guess they're endnotes, noted to uh, two of them are just YouTube links. <laughs> um, so, and those could be taken down at any any time, right? So it's it's this kind of uh, I guess the text, you know, it, it was it was true at the moment, was the right link at the moment, but like that just shows, it, I don't know, it's putting into practice that these things are, I don't know, changing, or it was only it only was like that for a certain period of time. Uh, there's also some music in the book and voices, like one part says, like read this, like Tim the Toolman. <laughs> Um, it reminds me a bit of Gravity's Rainbow. I don't know if you ever mm, read that. It's probably the did. longest book I've ever read. Yeah, it's, it's um, a thick one. I didn't really like it because it was it was all it was so hard to follow. But uh, in a really short that style in a really short form is 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 great. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of uh, sound. And, and when he when they performed, there was a lot of um, singing in, involved as well. Um, Sounds like I, I'm sorry again. I always regret it when I miss a good uh, a good uh, reading, and that sounds like one I should have been at. Yeah, and why then, wasn't I? God damn it! <laughs> and there's things like emojis and like the the back cover mention. There's also some things that are. It seems like it's making fun of education and, and literary culture as well. Like there's one part that is, um, um, dear applicant, when you open a downloaded zip folder, stop. Save the individual files to your computer. Stop. This will help ensure your files open and run properly. Stop. This message has been typed using only index fingers. Stop. Yours truly, the Toronto District School Board. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, and then there's, uh, there's other parts about education, too. Like, if something about the EQAU EQ, test, something like that, EQAO, it's like this math. I'm not sure if it's only math, but tests you take in high school, like a oh, standardized yeah. test. Oh, I'm glad um, we didn't have to take those. <laughs> and, I don't uh, think we did any. There's one other fun part I wanted to mention. It's, it's like, there's just like this, I don't know, the, the, he's, he's talking, and then it's, it's a chew. And then he writes like a whole bunch of words and then he quotes Lincoln Park. And then at the end of that says, bless you. So there's like a whole page of like what is presumed. It's like word sneeze. Like the the word is a sneeze. So it was like a chew. New sincerity is to consciousness what a booming baby is to beetled blast of blackbirds, elusively allocated to alliterating, perhaps obliterating, the byway of a pruned and toasty heaven amidst the explosion of housing, marketeering, and delousing culprits shittily jeering. And, and, and there's more. And then it finishes saying, bless you. Well, so it sounds to me like the words are in the sneeze. Yeah, they're kind of, they're, <laughs> they're this... I don't know. I thought that idea was kind of funny. Yes. So uh, that's probably that's probably enough for oh, last thing. And some examples of the internet culture is in here is uh, towards the end of the book. It's it's just the words please hit like and subscribe. Completely out of the context, but just you know, yeah. it's kind of a nod to how that just like we just hear that and see that all the time in in, in videos, and it's it is yeah. kind of out of context. What we'll be talking about maybe it's an information video, then all of a sudden it's it. like. Please hit like and subscribe. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's my uh, 
That's, that's what I have. That's what I have to say. That's interesting. When I first, when when they first, when HTML started, like when, it, when people knew it as hypertext at first, mm -hmm. and I was working with it early on, I would I would start to dream in hypertext. Like I would have see like links and stuff in words, and I would want to click on them in my dreams, but it didn't work. So right. anyway, that's just a, a, I understand <laughs> that sort of point of view, of it, like and stuff like that. So where are we? Okay, we got we got more more to come, more more things to to talk about. Um, yes. The next thing I I, um, I have is uh, Arc Poetry Magazine's uh, latest issue, issue 86, which is summer 2018. Mm -hmm. Again, full of dog ears and even a couple of uh, bookmarks and things. close to issue 100. Yeah, so it's 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 part it's, it's part of a celebration of its uh, Arc's 40th anniversary. So congratulations and happy anniversary to Arc Poetry Magazine. It has essays by former editors and poems from former issues and responses to poems from former issues. So that's quite interesting. And John Barton's essay on his time as an ARC editor and later as the editor of the Malhat Review is insightful. Just uh, things like um, giving feedback sometimes uh, to people was a mistake because they would take it so personally. And there was all kinds of interesting things in, in that essay and the other essays as well. The issue also collects the poems of the year's contest winners, including Van Coover poet Leigh Harlick's poem of the year, You Are My Hiding Place, which is a visual and sensual piece about hiding from the Russians, evoking a time in history with great realism as if the speaker is there. And another poem of hers, Couple Flying Over the Village, about the same period in history was on the shortlist and is also in the issue. Hmm. Conyer Clayton's Seeds, which won the Diana Brevner Prize, is in the issue. It's a beautiful and minimal poem with great comparisons and concrete imagery of nature, which is becoming her trademark, I think, as mm -hmm. we could say in a way. And then uh, Sarah MacDonnell's um, um, poem, uh, Bein Birok, is a spellbinding piece, I could imagine, spoken in a soft Scottish burr. Suvankam Tama Vongsa's On Meaning essay is really interesting and fascinating, appro approaching the idea of meaning with autobiography using the thread of color. There's also Senayi's prose poems on movies, which are really powerful, meaningful, and engaging. Um, I have a lot more dog ears and, and stars for the other poems and essays in the issue. I was also pleased to see Eric Schmaltz's uh, visual poetry as well from his book Surfaces, which was nice to see. I complain to all literary magazines that there's not enough visual poetry. Sometimes there's almost ever. ARC has had a few, so uh, I keep uh, pushing for that. So, uh, But that's ARC. That's the latest issue, and uh, it's got some great art in it as well, and some reviews in the back so pick up right. your latest latest issue of arc poetry magazine all right um the next book that i the chat book i have to talk about is jake sirezak's these ghosts this compost and abba decklog from above ground press 2017 edited by rob mcclennan and um i first read jake's poems quite a long time ago um i don't know it's probably like seven eight years ago and i I hadn't read much of him until I saw this, uh, Rob was publishing his chapbook, he's American. Um, and what I like most about his poems, well, there's, there's a couple of things. One is the syntactical play and this play with um, punctuation. He uses a lot of things like colons and, and hyphens where you wouldn't expect them. And the way it's kind of joining the thoughts together, it's like, it's, it's one of those things that if you want to understand what it's saying, you do have to sort of, at least I have to sort of read it again and like, oh, what's going on here? Um, there's also just these individual images that are, um, the way he, he joins things and compares things is very, very uh, unique, which I always really like. Um, so other things, there's some little oddities of style, like I was mentioning that he breaks up poems or sections of poems with non-traditional markings like plus signs and underscores. Um, some um, line break decisions are unexpected, like a straw break man uh, and unexpected assonance, like I am called from its pinch of two cricket crushed skulls called a wilderness and witch. And weird sentence endings Ooh, like beautiful. an angel's wing slurred into and out of an ashtray as. So the sentence ends on as. Mm. And then some word additions to like, I get all canvassy, my <laughs> skin all x-ray-y. It's <laughs> so a lot of uh, environmentalism or fear of climate change. I'm not fear of climate change, but talking about climate change and destruction. For example, I read in 2050, the ocean may be more composed of plastic than fish. Uh, and some example of those unique comparisons I was talking about, if I could cull some valentines from the pear brews of whatever Seneca sunset. 
an example of that that syntax I was talking about. It gives a lot of times it's giving a very specific meaning that can seem existential, and I'll and I'll give an example, and maybe it'll make sense what I'm saying. What I'm saying, I feel out I feel by, for example, unfolding a map and drawing a direct line from Fukushima to Flint, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And then again, like I was saying, what stands out to me, what I like the most is these sort of these standalone lines, and they're not just. They're not just random or anything. They're fitting no. with the the full of the text, but the they stand out to me of, of themselves as well. They're emphatic. They be yeah, yeah. They kind of like yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And not necessarily just one line, two couple of lines together. So hmm. a few examples: looking for another day to roach into, like an old lazy boy left out in the rain. Hmm. Or I am what menstrual autumn sculpts a tree's carpet out of. That's hard. Or, <laughs> that one's hard. <laughs> the absolute can't a mirror becomes becomes me. Or all this really is is living against the rendezvous of a landscape has endless false endings. Mm. This, this one one word joined together by a hyphen. Dumpster chic. <laughs> and lastly, he repeats this a couple times in the chat book. I don't trust anything that isn't chewed away by music. Mm. So it's some ni some nice lines and um yeah some of the ones that make you do that sort of that sort of poet side that you call them poet, poet shivers poem shiver like, yeah i do a hmm yeah people do that. i just did it i did hmm. exactly that i did yeah. the hmm but one of the one of the issues i have with that is, is 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 it's a good thing it's it's there's so many good there's so much good in there you just want to isolate it instead mm -hmm. like sometimes i get overwhelmed by by that kind of um that uh, sort of like this huge role of images or yeah, of, of very, just it can be very heavy yeah and it, it's just that it, it's i have i have to almost take them sometimes i have to write out a few like like or type them out yeah. just to just to have a separate engagement with it just because there's so much like you could almost see it just one line on a page and, yeah and it comes back to what i was saying at the beginning how it's i don't know if challenging is exactly necessarily the right word right yeah yeah but there's more energy involved yeah. in and then in in just in grappling with it in, in yeah than engaging with it. And it doesn't mean that it's bad. And often, no. like I said, it's more rewarding that way. But there's... Sometimes it takes a few tries to kind of yeah. let it sink in. and It does. Yeah. And it doesn't just like... It's not one of those things if you're reading like a, you know, a post uh, or an article where you're just like it's all you're skimming through and you're yeah. absorbing it all. It's one of those things where... You know, it, it can be a lot to chew on all these images, and you yeah. don't want to necessarily rush through it. You want to like, yeah. you know, sip a sip a cup of tea and or a good scotch, of, you know, a good scotch, <laughs> and a cigar on the porch, and yeah. kind of just think about it as you as you're doing it. So that's 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 that chat. Amanda, what do you got next? Next, uh, okay, so we're it's, it's ten to three, so there we go. Okay, well, so. this is I'm out of single books. The only one I have left is the one we're both talking about. So, so. maybe I'll I'll do this one last, and I'll leave my last for another time. That the visual oh, poetry, whatever you I, like. Okay, so I want to talk about Pomelian, the Canadian issue. It's an online magazine. It was uh, the Canadian issue was edited by Rob McLennan. Oh, he edited two of the books in a row. We talked about. There that. you go. It, it's a well. We, I haven't heard of this before. Not as, so there. Are are 26 contributors, including eight current Ottawa residents. Rob's selection includes a variety of styles from playful associative poem Organ Dancer by Sean Braun to Cameron Nancy's erasure poems of William Hawkins' poems, the intensity of Clara Duplessis' poems, Sonnet Lebay's updates of Shakespearean sonnets in prose form, which I just love, with sharp language, modernized take, and a writing over of the sonnets. Uh, um, she says, I erase Shakespeare not by deleting his text, not by embodying his voice, but by surrounding it with the letters of my telling. Each of the 154 poems of Sean, so Sonnets Shakespeare, the project of which the poem in this issue is a part, is an erasure of of um, Shakespeare's poem that leaves his whole poem there in plain sight, but almost impossible to see or hear if you don't already know what to look for. And she says that in, in something called Tree, I invented a new form of poetry in the Poetry Foundation's Harriet. She talks about the appropriation of white text and references Nadia Meyer's Amazing Art Indian Act, which was at the National Gallery in 2002. And Indian Act speaks of the realities of colonialization, sorry, uh, the effects of contact and its often broken and untranslated contracts. The piece consists of all 56 pages of the federal government's Indian Act mounted on stroud cloth and sewn over with red and white glass beads. Each word is replaced with white beads sewn into the document. The red beads replace a negative space. Oh, so, and, and anyway, the, the idea of the, uh, um, the sonnet, uh, sonnets um, Shakespeare 
and the poems that are in the uh, in Pomillion that I really liked was that the actual sonnet is all there. It's just uh, that she's added to it, so you yeah. can actually find it's they're ingenious and great text. And and I, I I'll put up the link for Pomillion because uh, the poems are quite. Uh, there's a lot of really good. I have work in there, but I don't mention my own. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's it's an online magazine that uh, I found cool. interesting. Great. Yeah, so I have, I guess I have some visual poetry, but I, I don't know, is there time to think to talk about the visual poetry or should we move on? Just it's save up that. To you. you can, we can save it if you want, because we're going to. Yeah, let, let's sure save we'll it and, and finish with uh, the book that we both read together. Let's let's do that. I think it's We didn't idea. read it together. Well, not together, in the sense but... that we, we were sitting together in a room. I read it, uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, I don't know, maybe earlier in the year yeah. when I read it. Yeah. Was it when you were doing the panel? Yeah, I read yeah. it at that point. Yeah. Yeah, so the book is uh, Full Metal and Digiqueer by Joshua Whitehead. It's from 2017, Talon Books, Vancouver, BC. I don't see an editor listed. I'm not sure if I'm just not reading closely or... Anyway, someone can tell me who the editor is if there is one at some point. <laughs> and um, this one was this one was difficult for me to, to really wrap my head around in a lot of ways. Part of it's because there's so much going on visually. Um, meaning as well and it's just it's one of those books where the form matches the content for right me anyway yeah uh, as an example of that um so there's there's over a lot, a lot of interlacing themes like identity technology visual poetics and indigeneity um and the start of some of these poems it's they start with like an a digital a digital initiation yes. type thing like for example initiation virtual reality request sequence 1001 initiating project sequence projection sequence or even sometimes specific phrases that give like context to the poem even more context than the titles often give such as downloading wyoming software or initiating drag sequence or initiating club sequence vr request 10011 dancing scene yeah, so it's, it's like yeah it, it's 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 mimicking the sort of computer yeah. uh, language type of thing where it's an alternate persona of, of the is. narrator. It's a cyber cyber boy, right? Yeah. Cyber character. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's yeah, and I must say it does the often people or critics or whoever will say you know your form should match your content and in terms of form matching content this does an excellent right excellent job of that because and, and it does after you get into it it does get it does get easier. Um, but at first, when I'm, I'm I'm looking at it, it's like, oh man, like how am I gonna how am Read I gonna go through the through whole this? thing? Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah. Uh, I don't know where I'm starting here. Uh, but that it's just like anything you you get you get used to it and 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 you realize what's going on to a certain extent and, um, yeah, and then you can get into it. So another thing, um, oh, another thing that I that I that is looks like it's going to be. Uh, challenging at first but actually wasn't too bad it was there's a lot of um lines here where the, there's no white space the words are just completely joined together yeah and yeah. i'm thinking at the, i was surprised at how much i could read pretty easily through most of it you kind of stop sometimes when there's words that you're not expecting or bigger yeah. words or uh but for the most part i actually didn't have that much trouble once i realized what was going on um I don't know. I've talked for a little bit, man. What did you think? Well, the most, the, for me, the part at this point, and I, I don't have any notes because I, I wasn't, uh, this wasn't the book that I covered recently, but um, th what I remember most are the poems that engage with the literary canon. Mm. So they rewrite um, yep. poems that are that are famous, and they're such badass, great poems. Like, I just love them. And they were so creative and also... Um, uh, just the wordplay is magnificent in those poems. And I, I, I missed... Uh, Joshua uh, came to read from Full Metal and Digiqueer a, a while back, maybe a year or two ago, and I, I had to miss the reading for some reason. And apparently the, he, when he reads he, from that, he does a really good job. I mean, I've heard him read from Johnny Appleseed, and that mm -hmm. was magnificent too. And that's another, that's that, Johnny Appleseed is a novel, but it also, it kind of engages with the same character okay. in a way, in the same um set of circumstances indigeneity indigiqueer um anyway i just i love i love joshua's work i love this book um yeah at first i remember i was a little bit i also was a little bit worried that i would have trouble getting through the beginning part because of that mm -hmm. so yeah now i'm remembering how i sort of i may have skimmed it a bit and then gone back right. sort of because it was it was a bit to get into but that's part of also part of the um even the 
it kind of goes with the idea of questioning language and questioning yeah. uh, colonialism and, and, you know, and erasure and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I kind of thought I could understand why it was, it was being done. And I, I had patience. I had patience for it. But yeah, it was a little bit harder at first. It's just one of those things where when you're reading something like that, for me, it's a test of my confidence as a reader. Hmm. I remember the first time I had that was, I think it was when I was reading A Clockwork Orange when I was like 17, oh, 18. Yeah. It was all the slang, right? And then, I don't know, I, I pushed through it. And then after you get through 30 pages or so, it's it's fine. You're, you're getting it all. And it's the same sort of thing here. You have that initial sort of having to adjust. And then yeah. and then if you have confidence too when you're, you still have to find that confidence in your reading to be like, I can I can do this. I can go through and it, and, you, it'll, and it'll no one's forcing you. you, right? You can always change. You can always dip to a later part in the book, or you can you leave can the book back, alone, yeah. or whatever. I remember um, in grade five, we had to read Call of the Wild and The Hobbit, and I cried. I hated those books <laughs> so much. I couldn't get through them, and I just I was just crying all the time, and I didn't want to read them. So I've ne to this day I cannot read Tolkien at all. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Joshua, though, I, I think this is a really uh, valuable book to read. I loved it. I just, I loved his wordplay. and oh, yeah, uh, wordplay, yeah. Yeah, I, and, and yeah, do you, do you have any examples of something you want to read from them? There's a couple, and a lot of the things that I found most striking is some of that visual mix with, um, with the words that is not going to, it doesn't come out, at least I don't know how to read it well. But the, for example, one of the things that I really liked, it was a, it was like a quote from something about um, uh, Louis Riel, uh, and, right. then, and he was, and he like bolded the 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 word, the letters I A M in that sequence throughout it, so you you see I am, I am throughout I am. in that yeah, whole quote. And I great. thought that was very that was very powerful. To yeah, me. Uh, but it's, it's something that I'm. If you read, it's not doesn't quite have the same effect as if you're you're seeing it. I guess I could read in a way like sex tweets. I'm anyway, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> some other some other. Um, things that I liked or a quote that that I liked is well there's a lot of cultural references you mentioned Canlet there's also mm -hmm. pop culture and Shakespearean yes, absolutely. characters there's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a whole lot of stuff in there and as you um if if you if you Song. understand the references yeah you you kind of uh you're like oh yes this is that you can um, google them too I just sometimes do that if I don't understand I'll just look it up <laughs> yeah so there's um well from page 62 Spent too much time in mirrors, staring at Jekyll, assessing my hide. Mm. I hate my body because I structured queerness around the plot line of Regina George. Mm. And the Regina George is a character from uh, Mean Girls. Uh, so stuff like that. I think, is this the book that... Oh, I'm going to confuse it now with a different book. So, yeah, there and there's a bunch of other, you know, um, good lines here. Oh, there's this one part um, on page 84 where there's like a... It's like a chat, like a chat room or an instant yeah. message situation, and it's it's there's a lot of visual stuff going on, but it basically has um, a, the time tag. I'm not sure what you call it, where it's the date and the time, and then yeah, time message. like a date stamp, date stamp, time stamp, something like that. It's like yeah. hey, what's up, and then another time stamp, hey, NMU, so not much you, time stamp, want to meet up, and then in square brackets question mark. Um, so is this the again? It's the the form of it really immersing or allowing you to or encouraging you to mm. kind of experience the text on with multiple senses or multiple ways or however you want to say it anyway i think you kind of know what i mean yeah and it's also it's also a kind of a contemporary engagement like you know there was a time where imagine the days when poetry was like all poetry had to like all poems right. had to have titles they all had to have capital letters at the start they had to have punctuation so i think it's kind of a in in contemporary times we we do a lot of things now that are related to our interactions with being online for instance it's a big part of everyone's lives most right. most of our lives so how does that you know and how does that translate there there have been other poets who've also translated that into into their poems as well and of course right now i can't think of a one but there are <laughs> those people and also in well actually even in in uh, novels like guillaume morissette's novel has mm -hmm. uh, that as well i think so yeah yeah and in terms of just acting out the formatting out content and we've talked a lot about identity and language here and that's still very present mm -hmm. here but in this book especially i find the it's doing what it's talking about in, in, in those terms as well. It's it's creating that, it's sort of creating that identity in the space where it's talking about it, I guess. 
form and content yeah old McLuhan thing <laughs> so yeah this would be this is a book that I would want to I want to spend more time with I think because I I don't think I'm going as deep with my sort of um, impressions of it just because I feel like I, I can't yet I read I read through it twice and I feel hmm. like I need to do it again um, to me too because every every time I every when I spend more time with it I there's more things I'm still there's more 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 to discover yeah sometimes a lot yeah. of poetry books like a lot of times like it's funny because um with poetry a lot of times i'll re i'll reread well depending on what i'm doing if i'm sometimes i'm working on some kind of a piece about stuff and then i'll 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 reread a bunch of poem poetry books or sections but uh yeah that's on that's a book that i will definitely engage with again i've, I've read it rapid fire through once and then i read it through again so mm. that's but yeah I, I could use another read through it was it was terrific yeah I think that's all we have. I think that is it for our book special. All right, our, our rapid fire book review talk, and uh, that's that's it for the for this episode of the podcast, episode thirty seven. We will uh, we will get back to you on an another date and time with a new recording, a new podcast. That Thanks everyone good. for listening. Thanks Aaron for being here. Thanks Amanda. Bye now. Small machine talks with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. <laughs>